Hi, my name's Madalena Kay, and I'm the host of the podcast AI and You, produced by Europod in partnership with Podium Podcast, Agence France Press, and Cora Media. In AI and You, we deal with the history of AI and how it is having an impact on our lives. From social relationships to employment, from climate change to wars and security. Is AI changing our world for the better or the worse? Come and check it out for yourself. Subscribe to AI and You wherever you listen to podcasts. You're a bad. I'm not inclined to use uh, the word uh, war very easily because of what's happening in Ukraine, but I can't describe it any other way than war on nature. For Lena Steinberg, the forest in her Estonian village not only symbolizes the beauty of nature, it also tells the story of her family and of the country's turbulent past. The ancient oak trees have been witness to poverty, conflict, occupation and freedom just in the past century. But recently, Lena has seen the treasured woodland of her childhood vanish, one tree after the next, shredded into wood pellets and taken out of the country. In the haste to replace dirty fuel like coal, wood pellets have become valuable currency. And with more than half the country covered by forest, Estonia is a key producer. But experts are divided over the green credentials of burning wood. Protests erupted when the Estonian government relaxed logging regulations in 2016. But little happened. And if anything, the pace of industrial logging only accelerated. Protesters were ignored and the situation seems to have worsened. Lena does not call herself a born activist, but as she saw the forests around her shrinking, she believed it was time to take a stand. One woman's love of nature versus a booming biomass industry worth billions. It's a David and Goliath story, and Lena, fueled by a sense of betrayal by her government, has taken her fight from the streets to the courts. At stake is one of the ancient treasures of this tiny nation that could be lost forever. This is Europe Talks Back, a podcast that uncovers impactful stories from across the continent. My name is Gail Rago, in for Julie Simond. In today's episode, we'll take you on a journey deep inside the Estonian countryside, where a mother is leading the fight to retain the soul of her country's forests. At the beginning of a long rainy weekend in July this year, Lena Steinberg made the two-hour drive from the capital, Tallinn, to her woodland farmhouse in the hamlet of Tamiku. In Estonian, Tamiku means oak forest, and for Lena, it is a sacred place. But recently, that sacredness has been shattered. Driving towards the starting point of a four-kilometer circular walk, she slows down at the edge of the forest and gasps. Oh my God. They have cut down this forest. 
my goodness I didn't know that they have done that oh my god they're cutting over there look at the trees how small Lena is staring at what used to be a mushroom forest once home to swaths of oak spruce birch pine aspen ash and elm now it looks like a lunar landscape the soil is littered with felled trees and deep track marks scar the moist soil ripped up by the heavy machinery parked nearby this is what i have experienced here for years now that i just drive around or i i walk or for example i come back uh, in spring after the long winter in the city and i find another forest cut it's like more 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 soon there is absolutely nothing standing Lena says that the forest used to be a rich source of good quality wood that was used for heating, making furniture and building homes. And it was cut responsibly. But in the decades since independence from the Soviet Union, Estonia started relaxing its forest management practices and large-scale logging has boomed. But this isn't due to furniture or home building, but by the demand for renewable energy. Over the last 10 years, roughly 80% of the forest around Lena's family home has been cut down. Machines weighing up to 15 tons have disfigured the landscape, and numerous varieties of ancient trees have been replaced with rows of young, identical spruce trees, weakening the forest's biodiversity. Some 12 to 13 million cubic meters of wood is logged in Estonia each year. Over half of it is burned, used as firewood, turned into wood chips or crushed into pellets. A harvester can cut such kind of forest area in one day. It doesn't need much. They do quick work. One day or two maximum and it's done. The forest is also home to endangered species of birds like the black grouse and woodpeckers. Logging is supposed to be banned during the middle of the nesting period. But Lena claims that the ban is frequently flouted. 10 years ago I could come here and it was all forest and we could decide where we go and where we uh, pick our mushrooms and berries and now every year we lose more and more and uh, I'm partly afraid of coming here because uh, absolutely every time I come well especially in spring after the winter I discover like here this is uh, freshly done this uh, spring or winter I'm not inclined to use uh, the word uh, war very easily because of what's happening in Ukraine uh, but I can't describe it any other way than war on nature Estonians have a special, almost spiritual bond with their forests that is passed down by generations in old folk songs, rooted in their pre-Christian past. For Lena, the bond with the forest is also personal. It surrounds her rudimentary log cabin, which used to be part of her family farm, one of the region's biggest, with the family land dating back to the 1600s. 
but peaceful, bucolic life would be ripped apart when the Second World War raged across Europe. After the war ended, occupation followed as Estonia became part of the Soviet Union. In 1949, Soviet officials went from village to village, confiscating farms and often deporting entire families. Lina's grandmother was on the officials' list. Miraculously, Lina's family was spared. Others were not so lucky. Her mother was nine then, the same age as Lina's son now. After Estonia regained its independence, Estonians regained their farmland, though many families of the deported or murdered didn't return. But Lina's mother rebuilt their dilapidated hut, log by log. When her mother returned to the land in the 1990s, like most people, she sold some wood to get by. The forest provided a lifeline. My mom sold some timber in 1990s. My first computer was bought with that money, our first car. So it was really necessary. And it was the right decision, of course. But gradually things started changing. The scale of industrial logging was ramping up. When I was a child and I saw trucks with timber, then there were these big logs. They're going to build uh, wooden houses, uh, log houses, or they will use them to make furniture. But at some point, trucks uh, started to drive around uh, with very, very small logs, very small diameter, like 10 centimeters, maximum 20, so it's really small logs. And I remember that both me and my mom, we were wondering, like, what are they doing with that wood? As a child, the forest was a haven where she would play and pick berries with her cousins. Working as a tour guide in the mid-2000s, Lina was proud of showing foreigners Estonia's national treasure, its forests. Later, when her two children were born and she started working as an interpreter for EU officials in Brussels and Strasbourg, the log cabin was a home away from home. But that home was starting to disappear. In 2009, the EU pushed through a controversial policy called the Renewable Energy Directive, which designated wood and other organic materials as renewable energy sources that could be subsidized. Classifying wood as carbon neutral was meant to help countries meet new green climate targets. Originally, the idea foresaw just the use of wood waste, Whatever was left over from making furniture or houses could be crushed and made into pellets. In reality, the decision led to a boom in the pellet industry, where entire trees, not just waste, started to be used. In 2016, the Estonian parliament pushed through a new forestry management plan. Logging rules were relaxed, making it easier to cut trees in protected forests, and reducing the age at which trees could be cut. Protesters hit the streets. Oh, 
But the protesters were up against serious business. Estonia's industrial-scale logging has helped make this tiny country of 1.3 million one of EU's largest exporters of wood pellets. It's really unfair that we are selling so much abroad. Well, to rich countries like Denmark and the Netherlands, they have better results in the renewable energy statistic thanks to what they're getting from our forests. And then uh, at the same time, uh, locals have to buy this wood for a very high price. Estonia's capital city, Tallinn, hosts Granul Invest, Europe's biggest wooden pellet producer. Its founder and former CEO, nicknamed the Pellet King, is one of the Baltic's wealthiest men and recently sold a majority stake of the business to an American private equity fund. The pellet trade, already strong before the war in Ukraine, is now attracting more attention after Europe started to reduce its reliance on Russian energy. So we have this 52% forest land, a big proportion of clear cuts, and then there is a big proportion of very young trees. Five years, 10 years, 15 years, trees not taller than we are. So if you come down to old forests, like mixed forests, where we have some trees which are like almost 100 years old or like that, that's a tiny proportion. Lena is not accustomed to activism, but during the pandemic, she has had a lot of time to think and to spend in the countryside. She started to wonder what kind of world her two teenage children would inherit. Then the world was plunged into lockdown. Schools closed, work stopped, and Lena took her family to the farmhouse, where she was shocked to see the destructive impact of logging on the nearby land. In 2020, she founded an NGO called Save the Estonian Forest to campaign against the pace of logging and promote conservation. Membership grew into the hundreds and reinvigorated a disillusioned environmental movement. Many people who have been active in the past, they have uh, sort of become numbed and uh, have given up. In 2021, the European Commission opened infringement procedures against Estonia over its failure to conduct impact studies before cutting trees in EU-designated protected areas containing threatened species and habitats. So only when the European Commission really threatened with that fine, then uh, they stopped uh, logging there and uh, stopped issuing uh, logging permits. So it is actually for me as Estonian, really embarrassing that we have to be threatened by a fine from Brussels in order to protect our forests. Lina's next mission is to put pressure on the authorities to enforce a ban on logging during birds' nesting periods. She says that authorities have not sufficiently located and identified nesting areas before areas of forest are cut down. The birds, when they nest, they hide their nest. They're not like screaming that, oh, here's my nest. It is impossible to find the nest and the birds so quickly. But it's impossible that there were no birds and no nests in this forest. Birds have uh, died here. Chicks have died here. Lina hopes that her campaigning will help reignite the spirit of conservation that her ancestors had. 
for Lena, the deforestation conjures up painful memories from the past. Back at home, Lena has finished walking through the woods for the day, but her crusade is far from over. In fact, it's just getting started. We've reached the end of this week's episode of Europe Talks Back, a podcast that uncovers impactful stories from across the continent. This show is part of the Sfera Network project and is available on Europod, a network of podcasts exploring European cultures, politics, and societies. Isabel de Pomero is the reporter and scriptwriter for this episode. This episode was edited by Andrew Connolly. Sound design, editing, and mixing is by Jeremy Bouquet. The narration is by me, Gail Rego. And our producer and executive producer is Alexander Damiano Ricci.